Welcome to Recover Your Soul. My name is Rachel Harrison, and this is a podcast offering inspiration, strength, and hope through the tools of recovery, spirituality, and positive psychology. I started RecoveryYourSoul.net after having profound positive changes in my life in my recovery from alcoholism and control addiction. I was guided to share these tools with others through this podcast, as well as offering personal coaching. Personal recovery does not need an addiction to use the tools and principles to better our lives and transform just the desire to do the work and make the changes in our lives. I'm on the path to becoming an ordained minister as I continue to study and deepen my relationship with the spiritual principles that have brought me a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. I know that together we can do the work that will recover our souls. I'm currently reading the book Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser. The subtitle is How Difficult Times Can Help Us Grow. And I'm reading this book because the spiritual center that I've been attending for almost 20 years, a unity church, has small groups that we do a couple times a year. And so everyone in the congregation or the people that participate in the in this, we all read the book together and there's different readings for each week and the ministers will talk on it. And then we meet in small groups. We used to meet in person. Now, of course, we're meeting via Zoom with the pandemic. And we talk about the books and we connect with each other and we spiritually grow and we learn things and we make friends. And the books over the years, some of them I've absolutely loved. Some of them have been life changing. And some of them are more about connecting with people in the group. This particular book is really appealing to me in where I am in my spiritual growth and in my recovery, and is speaking to me on a really deep way about what it means to be broken open. And I think it relates to the conversations that I've been having in the last couple episodes about sort of giving up that need to have a persona that is perfect or to have aspects of yourself that feel like they keep you safe, but they in the end really are keeping you closed off. And as I've read the book, and the whole idea of the transformation that can happen during hard times, my brain has been wanting to go back and find my memories. And I recently was writing a blog that I haven't posted yet, but was talking about the fact that I don't have really strong actual memories. I remember in feelings. And this is both a blessing and a curse because the blessing has been that through some of the really hard times in my life, somehow I don't hold on tightly to the exact words or the exact circumstance that happens. It gets very foggy and I'm able to let it go. But I also am able to be in denial, I think, of what really happened. And I have a real recognition that in my alcoholism and my uh, control addiction and my abuse of of wanting to check out that that was really something that I even held on even more loosely to those memories, because I didn't want to actually deal with what was happening. So 
now I'm reading this book and it is not only about her journey, but it's about other people's journeys. And there's nothing new or extraordinary, just like anything I say is nothing new that you haven't heard before somewhere. But somehow in the writings that welcoming to be 100% who you are, unfiltered, and accepting your life as it is, and allowing that to be a tool that can move you forward to really breaking open to your full potential is really making me want to go back and look at these aspects of myself. And one of the reasons is because I am realizing in reading this book that my emotions are very tempered and that I don't feel as deeply as I wish that I could feel. And that's a strange thing to say, that I am happy and I can feel sad, but I don't really feel very intensely one way or the other. I'm pretty kind of mainlined. And that when I was actively drinking, and actively in the chaos that my life was at that time, which also comes with, you know, having kids and work and those, those pieces, but, but truly in those parts where there was some real pain that was happening, I didn't allow myself to really feel those feelings either. And so now I'm coming up on three years of sobriety and they say in recovery that you slowly thaw out, that you slowly let go of how you've tempered yourself and you can start to feel your feelings. And I have a definite breaking open that I've had in being able to be present and being able to feel what's happening. But it's almost like I have a governor that um, a mechanism right? That, that won't let it go too far one way or the other way. And so I was really exploring that this morning that I, I want to break open. I'm doing this work. I'm talking about it. I'm studying about it. I really want to be this true self that I feel is blossoming in me. And yet there is still this part of me that is really holding back. So this morning, I sat in my meditation, and I went back into my memories, into my childhood, and allowed myself to almost like travel back in time and think and feel what those feelings were. Because some part of me doesn't want to maybe feel like I've um, discounted something or that I'm not remembering it correctly or that I'm feeling sorry for myself. Some part of me doesn't feel like I should be taking this time to really look at it as if there's something to look at that I, you just pull up your big boy panties and you just march on through and on to the next thing. But I recognize that to be able to understand myself and to move forward, I need to look at this part of myself that I've just looked over 
in in my life. And going back to those memories was really interesting because what I felt was loneliness. I'm an only child and I've actually loved being an only child on one level, which was I didn't have to compete with anybody else. I got all the attention. I got um, to go to wherever the adults went. But when I look back in those memories and really allow myself to connect with that little girl, what I recognized was it felt lonely. It felt really lonely. And it felt especially lonely because I didn't connect well with other people. And that there was something that when I was interacting with other people, that the feeling that I got back was there was something wrong with me and that I wasn't what they wanted, that I wasn't the kind of friend that they wanted. And I always was on the outside. And I recognize that kids can be really hard on each other. And I'm I'm not sure why that is. Why as children, when we're so innocent and so unaware, are also so cruel and so judgmental. But I felt in my upbringing like I was never good enough to be friends with people. And there were a couple situations where I even had in elementary school groups of girls that would make up reasons why I couldn't be their friend and that I would have to do something or um, prove myself in some way to qualify for their friendship. And I could never get there. And I always just felt really, really outcast from that. Realize now that that's really the place where that deep, dark, black hole started of emptiness that is something that now as adult and as a truth seeker, as a spiritual seeker, is able to take a look at and wanting to fill with my connection with my higher power and with my connection with myself. And so to really sort of go back and touch and taste those situations as a small child where you were being really thoroughly rejected by people whether they were trying to or not, I I don't understand where that all comes from. But early on, I realized that I needed to temper myself to fit in, to be accepted. And in the studies now of metaphysics and of new thought and spirituality, that's our false self. That's our false self that is afraid, that thinks that we have to be or do something else to fit in or to accommodate to other people. And that false self can grow. And that false self is the one that comes from fear and lack. And our true self is the other side of the coin, which is connected to spirit, that is connected to our insides, that knows that we are are enough just as we are, that believes in our full potential. And yet those two aspects play against each other from a very early age, and we can either attune to one or attune to the other. So going back into these memories 
which are more memories than I've had, you know, to actually allow myself to reach back and feel these feelings was really interesting because my parents divorced when I was about seven or eight. And even though they were really good friends and it was a very amicable divorce, I think that that piece of myself that knew as an only child that it was my responsibility to make sure that I made it as easy as possible for both of them also meant that I didn't really share my feelings. I don't remember having temper tantrums or demanding that I wanted something or crying um, because I felt like crying. I, I kind of remember that it was important to just keep an even keel and to pull my big girl panties up and make the best of it because I could see that that's what my parents were doing. They were just making the best of it. And I can recognize how hard it must have been for them. You know, this is their 30s and early 40s with a with a young adolescent and young teenager to just do their own lives too. But I don't want to discount the fact that for me to grow and to break open, I have to look at those parts of myself that have started these uh, patterns that I have. If I really want to feel my feelings, I've got to go back and feel those feelings too. So that rejection that I felt carried on for a long time. My mom and I moved from uh, Santa Fe, New Mexico, when I was then going into kind of middle school age, I think like fifth and sixth grade to Albuquerque, New Mexico, when she was going to go, when she was going to graduate school. And Albuquerque, New Mexico was a very different place from where I had been in Santa Fe. And, and I didn't feel safe. I actually didn't feel physically safe. There were gangs and I was, um, a weak, blonde, white kid. And I was, I was pretty scared on a daily basis that I was going to get beat up. And I think that's a truth as well, that when you have a physical situation where you don't feel safe, of course, you're not going to lay your heart out in a way that is also going to be unsafe. And I also realized that it isn't safe for people to be these vulnerable, open people in a lot of the world. And what a heartache that is. How sad that is that it is a luxury, actually, to be able to spend time on our spiritual selves and development and connect with our higher power, that the need to just exist and to make it through the day for a lot of the world is very real. So Again, in that very important time of life, I didn't fit in and I didn't have friends and um, I didn't connect really with anybody. And all I did was play the morph game of being and doing what I thought that people needed or wanted me to do or be so that I could feel remotely safe and make it through those times. And it wasn't until we moved to Los Alamos, New Mexico, after my mom had uh, gotten her PhD, that was the first time in my life that I feel like I started to 
get friends and figure out who I was, uh, even though my pattern was really to try to be what other people wanted me to be. But I can definitely say that in Los Alamos, I made very true and real genuine friends, although I still was always on the outside. I always felt like I was a little bit lonely and on the outside. And that's just what was on my inside. So it probably didn't matter what was happening on the outside because I had had these, what was it by then, 13 years of setting up a way that my mind and that my heart worked that was about protecting myself. So now here I am, I'm I'm 51 years old and I've come a long way between those two periods. But in the middle of that, in having kids and having a family and, and being an alcoholic and trying to raise my kids to the best that I could, I continued this piece of really holding it together. And by holding it together, I was also holding myself from feeling a depth of one thing or another. And yet, I realized that that's part of my journey, that this aspect of myself, this piece of myself that I'm looking at now is real. And there's no going back and changing it. Part of part of the lessons I'm learning is to really be honest about exactly what's true and what's real and releasing that false self that is the one that's holding on to feeling like I'm not enough that I have to be what somebody else wants me to be, to be accepted, that I'm afraid, that there's lack, that um, that I'm not smart enough, that I'm not good enough, that I just want to be approved and I will communicate in a way that that helps me get that approval. And yet, when I am my true self, when I am my honest self, that those feelings start to come. Those connections with people, the being able to listen attentively to somebody else, to have deep empathy, to feel love, to be afraid, to have sadness, to have remorse. And each day I feel like I'm thawing to those feelings, but it has meant that I have to go back and be willing to also feel the feelings that I didn't allow myself to feel when I was younger. And with the sobriety and the realization that my alcoholism had so much to do with my discomfort in the world, with my discomfort of things being chaotic or uncomfortable, that part of that also is being willing to sit in discomfort and the not knowing and the not being able to feel like I can fix it or that it's my job to make something be better and to trust that somebody else's difficult time is there to help them grow. And that my difficult time is there to help me grow. And the more I let go of that, the more I realize I haven't even been as present with my own growth and my own life as I wanted to be because I was too wrapped up 
in trying to control and fix other people's lives. So yesterday I read The Daily Word, which is an inspirational daily reader from Unity. And I just, it really stopped me in my tracks for sort of where I am in my life right now. Because that false self of myself still is the one that has that judge that speaks to me and tells me that I'm not good enough, that I'm not smart enough. Who do you think you are? What do you think you're doing? Why are you doing this? What do you, you know, be small. And my real self says, listen to your inner guidance. Be connected with your inner true self and your spiritual connection with God as you know God. And lead by example and be open, be vulnerable, be real, be this true self, and be a light. So yesterday's reading on February the 4th was brave. Bravery makes me unstoppable. I deserve the best life has to offer. The power of my dreams could take me far, but sometimes I shrink from taking the steps to make them come true. Today, I say no to timidity. As I remind myself that the power of God is within me always, I am a spiritual being, brave and confident. I believe I am capable of achieving what I set out to do. My spiritual practices fortify my will and keep me motivated and full of confidence. I envision myself bravely moving forward to make my dreams a reality. I affirm I am brave. I am unstoppable until I feel those words pulse at every level of my being. I end each day with a prayer of gratitude for the gifts of bravery and the power it gives me. And I'm going to keep this one because I think it's so good because we go back and forth between these two selves, our false self and our real self. And the more my real self continues to grow, the more I realized that I lived in that fear and in that difficult pain, but also not feeling anything at the same time. And I want to feel everything. I want to be broken open. I want to let the difficult times help me make me grow instead of being afraid. And I want to help you break open. I want to help the difficult times in your life help you grow to know that you are brave. You are unstoppable. And that the lessons that we learn in our lives are there to help us move forward in ways that enrich us and bring us closer to our potential if we'll let them. And sometimes that means really painful, hard things happen in our lives. The truth is we all have really hard, painful things. And we can't spend time judging ourselves or, or comparing ourselves from one to the next of whether one person's difficult situation was more worthy of our difficult situation. Our hearts and our feelings are ours and should have no judgment of whether they are better or worse than anyone else's, but to really embrace them and allow them to break us open. We're just people, all of us, the same and yet each of our lives so uniquely different. I want us all to be brave and unstoppable as we work for our real selves to live in our lives. Until next time, namaste. Thank you for listening. 
I hope this episode offered you tools, guidance, and inspiration on your journey to recover your soul. For more information, please visit the website, recoveryoursoul.net, where you can find out more about Rachel, book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to music, connect to social media, as well as subscribe to receive updates. We hope that you will follow us on Instagram and Facebook and become part of our transformation community. If you'd like to support the production of this podcast, we'd love for you to visit the website and donate on the homepage. Thank you. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.